Eagles came home to Philadelphia on a short week and knocked off the Vikings to rise to 2-0. Welcome to the Bird's Nose Podcast. I'm Joe Donahue. Thank you so much for joining us. What a game. It did get off to a slow start in the beginning. After an opening drive led to a Jake Elliott field goal, there was no other scoring in the first quarter. The first quarter was marred by mistakes by both teams for the Eagles. Britton Covey had a six-yard punt return early in the first quarter, but fumbled the ball and it went back to the 10. Fortunately, Kelly Ringo was there to stop an absolute disaster for the Eagles and fell on the football, preventing the Vikings from recovering it deep in Eagles territory. The ensuing drive stalled out at the Eagles' 14-yard line, but the Eagles punted the ball away and were able to force a Vikings fumble on a punt return that would have been a 20-plus-yard punt return. It was recovered by Nicholas Morrow, and the Eagles got the ball back. The Eagles still couldn't capitalize on this critical error by the Vikings, though, as Jalen Hurts threw the ball right back into the hands of Theo Jackson and gave the Vikings an early opportunity to advance the football. Now, the Vikings were far from perfect on their end as well. The Vikings turned the ball over four times over the course of the game, including on the aforementioned punt return fumble, but they also fumbled three other times during the game, each time turning the ball over to the Eagles. The most costly fumble for the Vikings was a fumble that occurred on a Justin Jefferson catch late in the second quarter. The ball was dropped at the one-yard line while he was still in bounds and bounced out of bounds through the Eagles' end zone, which resulted in a touchback, and it stopped and otherwise probably would have been a Viking score. So this was a really, really critical error for the Minnesota Vikings at a really critical point in the game. Now, the Vikings did have an early lead in the second quarter. The Eagles did score first, but the Vikings took over the lead in the second quarter. The Eagles did take the ball back midway and took the lead back midway through the second quarter on a 16-play, 75-yard touchdown drive that saw the Eagles recommit to the run game and resulted in Jalen Hurts doing the signature QB sneak for the score. The Eagles regained the lead on this drive, and they never let it go for the rest of the game, despite a late-game push by the Vikings to try to take over. Kenneth Gainwell was inactive due to injury, so the Eagles' running back core was DeAndre Swift, Boston Scott, and Rashad Penny, who got his first start as a Philadelphia Eagle. DeAndre Swift was the one who was relied on most during the game. He rushed 28 times for 175 yards over the game, including one touchdown. Swift reportedly said after the game to Eagles beat reporters that he was fortunate to get in the end zone because if the Eagles ever got too close to the goal line, they'd run the QB sneak, which the Eagles did twice over the course of the game. In that second quarter drive, which again went 16 plays, the Eagles ran the ball 13 times, mostly on the back of Swift. And the Eagles were able to, through that drive, settle in and really control the game much more. Boston Scott ran five times for 40 yards throughout the course of the game, and Rashad Penny saw the field in the second half. He ran three times for nine yards. Jalen Hurts also saw an increased load this week. He rushed 12 times for 35 yards, and he had two of those QB sneak touchdowns that DeAndre Swift alluded to and those signature plays. The passing game was okay, but it wasn't where the Eagles shone tonight. Jalen Hurts went 18 for 23 for 193 yards and a touchdown pass to Devontae Smith. He was picked off once and was sacked four times for a combined loss of 22 yards. 
In the passing game, we saw Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown getting a bunch of targets. Smith had four catches for 131 yards, including a beautiful first quarter pass that could have been a touchdown if Hurts had led him a bit more. And again, he had the touchdown pass. Brown had four catches of his own for 29 yards, and Dallas Goddard got in the mix this week. Six catches for 22 yards. On the whole, though, the Eagles were more successful in the run game against the Vikings. 19 of the Eagles' 24 first downs came through the run game, and the Eagles had the ball for 39 minutes and 28 seconds in the game. In the first half, that stat was so incredibly lopsided towards the Eagles. The Eagles had it for two-thirds of the first half over 20 minutes. Now, defensively, the Eagles took out the run game for the most part for the Vikings. The Vikings ran just nine times, mostly at the hands of Alexander Madison. He carried the ball eight times for all 28 of the Vikings' rushing yards. In the passing game, the Eagles were less successful in containing the Vikings. Cousins went 31 for 44 for 364 yards and four touchdowns. His main target was Justin Jefferson, and he seems to have adjusted this year to being covered by Darius Slay. Last year, Darius Slay had a field day in covering Justin Jefferson, but this time Jefferson was able to catch 11 of the 13 targets that were thrown his way, which was more targets than anybody else on the Vikings. And Jefferson was able to get 159 yards on those receptions. Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson made appearances. Addison had three catches for 72 yards and a touchdown, and Hawkinson had seven catches for 66 yards and two touchdowns. KJ Osborne had a late game touchdown as well on his three catches for 34 yards, and Cousins did not throw a single interception this game. The Eagles were able to get some pressure on the quarterback and able to make their presence known in the backfield as a defensive front. The Eagles had two sacks over the course of the game on Kirk Cousins, one by Jordan Davis, the other by Josh Sweat. Both of those sacks combined cost the Vikings 18 yards over the course of the game. The Eagles also had 10 quarterback hits, most of those again coming at the hands of Josh Sweat, although Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, and Nicholas Morrow all contributed to that. And the Eagles also had three tackles for a loss where Zach Cunningham, Jalen Carter, and Jordan Davis all contributed to those tackles. When the Eagles needed to, they relied on Jake Elliott, who went 2-for-3 today in field goals, missing just one 55-yard attempt. He was good from 24 yards out and 61 yards out. That matched a career-long field goal that he set back in his rookie season, Week 3 against the Giants. We all remember it very, very, very well. It was... For me, the moment that I knew that the 2017 Eagles team was a really special team because Jake Elliott, who was far from perfect in his rookie season with the Eagles, was able to boot that ball 61 yards through the uprights in that first season. And the Eagles, of course, would go on to win the Super Bowl that year. It was quite hilarious seeing guys almost worshipping Jake Elliott's leg as they were coming off of the field going into halftime. But the reality of the situation is that misses, especially from that distance out, are significantly more rare for somebody like Jake Elliott. And it's not because of a lack of power. The one field goal that he missed was from 55 yards, and it really was a situation where it kind of hooked too far to the right. And Elliott knew it. You could see on the replay. You could see in his reaction. 
he knew it was not his best kick. He knew it was not going to make it in as soon as he kicked it. But he was able to recover and turn it around and get that 61-yard field goal going into halftime, which, again, was huge. Jake Elliott was the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week after Week 1. It's the fourth time that Elliott won the award. And I would be willing to bet that there's a strong argument for him to be Special Teams Player of the Week this week, too, after his performance this week. And again, the 61-yard field goal does nothing but help the case. There have been some commentary about whether or not Jake Elliott is underappreciated here in the city of Philadelphia, so I'm just going to come right out and say it. I consider the Philadelphia Eagles and the Philadelphia Eagles fan base really, really, really fortunate to have somebody like Jake Elliott as our kicker. Jake Elliott coming out onto the field, Nick Sirianni alluded to it in a video that the Philadelphia Eagles posted last week following the Eagles' victory over the New England Patriots. We trust Jake Elliott that he's going to be able to make it. And tonight's performance and last week's performance really shows that, yeah, we we absolutely do trust him. Now, there were plenty of Eagles mistakes in this game. Obviously, the Jalen Hurts interception, which was a poor decision, was one of them. But as I mentioned, he was sacked four times, and many of those times he took those sacks unnecessarily. There were times when the Vikings had a free shot at him, but there were also times when Hurts had all day back in the pocket, and he should have just thrown the ball away, and instead he held onto it, and he took a sack, and there was no need for him to do that. The most egregious of these was when he held the ball for almost nine seconds, and the broadcast actually ran a timer while they were replaying it to show that he had the ball for almost nine seconds. And if you're going to hold on to the ball for that long and your receivers can't get open, you got to either throw it away or you got to get away from the pocket and run much, much, much sooner than the nine seconds that you took. The defense did finally close in on him on that play, and he did get a sack, and that was rough, and that's not something, again, that you want to see when you're talking about the Eagles and when you're talking about a quarterback who you're really looking for him to be making solid decisions. And Hertz is very capable of making those decisions, and to see him not making that kind of a decision is very, very frustrating. On the defensive side, there were a number of blown coverages. The one that stands out to me was the K.J. Osborne touchdown. Sweat kind of got caught up into triple coverage kind of situation, and what wound up happening was K.J. Osborne was able to walk wide open into the southeast corner of the end zone. The Vikings are a good fourth quarter team. They did outscore their opponents in 2022 by 84 points in the fourth quarter. And tonight, in the fourth quarter, they did outscore the Eagles by seven. But the Eagles had so much of a lead going into this game. They had so much of a lead at the start of the second half to the point where they were ahead by three touchdowns that they were able to fend off any advances by the Minnesota Vikings. Even when the Vikings were able to make late drives in the fourth quarter to be able to draw the game in by a score or two. The Eagles were penalized more in the game. The Eagles had seven penalties for 45 yards compared to the Vikings two for 15 yards, but the Vikings had more costly mistakes when it came to turnovers. Again, the Vikings turned the ball over four times, and while the Eagles were not able to capitalize on the first two, 
one stalling out and the other causing an interception. The Eagles did ultimately make the Vikings pay for their mistakes. Again, at the end of the first half, the Eagles forced that Justin Jefferson fumble that led to Elliott's 61-yard field goal. And then at the start of the second half, they forced another fumble that led to a touchdown. It was these critical errors by the Vikings and the fact that the Eagles were able to capitalize on these late-game errors that tipped the scales in the Eagles' favor. So, going forward, some things need to be cleaned up. I would love to see Jalen Hurts take some time over the course of this next week to really focus on the decision-making and focus on when it's appropriate to throw the ball away, when should you just take off running, how long, just trying to get a sense of when the defensive pressure is closing in. Those are important things, and it needs to happen, but at the end of the day, a win is a win is a win. The Eagles do have a long break after tonight's game. They will not face off against another team again until Monday Night Football Week 3, when they travel down to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers on September 25th. It is entirely possible, when you're looking ahead at the Eagles' stretch of the next four games, that the Eagles could come out of that at 6-0. The Eagles take on the Buccaneers on the 25th, then they take on the Commanders, the New York Jets, and the Los Angeles Rams. Any of these games could be a trap game for the Eagles, so it's entirely possible that the Eagles drop one. Possible it could be the Jets. Possible it could be the Commanders. They were the team that were the spoil sports on the Eagles' perfect season last season. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles are still perfect going into Week 7. For now, though, the Eagles are going to focus on preparing for the Buccaneers, and Nick Sirianni emphatically tries to take it one game at a time. The Eagles could have been perfect in the last season, but again, the Commanders destroyed that hope unexpectedly. We'll see how things pan out. The Eagles' goal is, of course, to go 1-0 every week. So ultimately, it wasn't the best win, but it was still a win at home, and it was a bit better and showed a bit of improvement than the Eagles' season opener against the Patriots. Hopefully, the Eagles have a chance to clean up some of the errors that they made in preparation for a long season. They have a chance to get as many wins as they can before the bye week. The bye week will mark the beginning of a gauntlet run for them with some really tough opponents. But at the end of the day, Eagles fans can rejoice in the fact that once again, we have been able to defeat Kirk Cousins in a primetime game in Philadelphia, and the Eagles are 2-0, and boy, is that a great thing to say. But let me know what you think in the comments below. What's getting you excited about this Eagles team? What really stood out to you about their performance over the course of these last couple weeks, especially in tonight's game against the Minnesota Vikings? Where do you think the Eagles need to improve? Where do you think the Eagles need to spend this next week focusing? Let me know in the comments. And thank you so much for tuning into the Bird's Nest podcast. You can support the Bird's Nest podcast by liking and subscribing to Bird's Nest Media on YouTube and sharing to your social media pages. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also visit birdsnestmedia.com for the latest Eagles news. And if you're so inclined to support more endeavors like this one, you can find the link to our Patreon in the description below or at birdsnestmedia.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's go Eagles!